the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Chablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Theology Alive podcast. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Merry 2022. <laughs> Happy birthday. All those fun stuff. Yep. It's really cool to be back again. Good to be back behind the mic. And just, yeah, it's it's been so long. I mean, uh, I don't know even when we last dropped. 6th of December was when we dropped our last episode dude so much has happened in first of february yeah. you went to brazil yeah, it was nice. and then you were still in brazil <laughs> and then he was in brazil again so so the thing is for me it went really short but joe was like yeah this guy's gone forever man i mean it was like proper 30 <laughs> days like isaac i mean he basically left us but look it's it's good to be back uh, we're excited back. to start up the year again with yep. our podcast um yep. welcome if you're joining us for the first time we trust that you'll stick with us throughout the journey as we uh, have exciting things that we actually have up in store that we're going to share with you guys a little bit later. Um, but for today, we have more exciting news. More exciting news. So a new year and new vibes and a new pastor. Woo! Yeah, a new pastor. <laughs> so we try to make this intentional. New year, new us, new new uh we probably should change the the theme music in the beginning and then get a new pastor as well mm, fresh mm. from the box he still has a new <laughs> car smell on him uh, <laughs> but but we are excited to introduce mark penrith yeah. guys it is so good mm. to be with you i've heard the podcast i'm glad to be on it oh, it's awesome to to have you i mean we've been looking forward to to having Mark, you know, with the whole the negotiations were going, like just mm. excitement, and you know, no, no, no uh, be honest, be honest. It was a bit awkward. It's like, oh man, should we get him? What if, what if, uh, what if we get him in the process? We're trying to call him, and we don't call him. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do we say during the podcast? <laughs> I mean, there were nervous times, you know, there were like mm. times, but we're really glad we, we serve an awesome sovereign God yeah. that works all things for his purpose. Yeah. And it's amazing to, to have Mark with us. You know, he started, you know, just on the run from the beginning of January. And some of, most of us actually were not here. 
Shame. Sorry. That well, I know some great. of you were in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a very welcoming. And I'm like, where's the stuff? Everyone is gone. Brazil. <laughs> going? The, yep. the office is like, what is going on? It, it wasn't everyone. Uh, Carsten was uh, at the office. Nice. I spent the first couple of weeks getting guided tours and mm. uh, and uh, getting stationery from him. <laughs> he yeah. showed me the ropes. And, uh, and yeah, I've really enjoyed this first month. And it's mm. been a month. I can't believe it. But this already. first month at uh, Central Baptist Church, mm. Pretoria. So maybe as a quick plug before we, we get Mark to properly introduce himself. Mm. Um, if if you want to see the man that you're hearing on the mic, you've probably seen him on, ser- on sermons already. Mm. But you have an opportunity to actually talk to him. You know, let's, mm. let's put some celebrity status on Come the man. On. You know, Come on. But if <laughs> you want him to sign a book. You know, we are really <laughs> upgrading things this year. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, yeah. Another level. You know. Look, he'll sign any of your books. Bring them and he'll <laughs> sign them. But you have three opportunities. Uh, we'll be inducting Mark for the next three Sundays. First Sunday at Akeda. This is this coming Sunday. The next Sunday will be at the Hill, and then the last Sunday will be in the evening service at Acadia. So uh, we are excited to have some fellowship mm. afterwards and for people to get to know the man that we're getting to know and uh, are and enjoying um, fellowshipping with and ministering together. Uh, lots of energy, lots of cool ideas, and yeah. as well, lots of knowledge. Absolutely. It's, it's really great to have him. And maybe I can give him also the opportunity because Mark also has a program. And Ooh. maybe no, for no, 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 it's the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you plug another podcast and our <laughs> podcast? So Mark doesn't have a podcast. He only does tab. Right. I think Java needs to have some uh, conversations. There's some issues there. I think that in this dessert, I'm working on them. Hard After issues. We don't introduce Mark's podcast. <laughs> but tell us about that. Yeah, Mark. I mean, part of the joy of being on your guys' podcast is I'm really hoping, kind of soon, because I've been nagging you for the whole month that I will see you guys together with some of the interns. I'm, mm. I'm looking across the table at Carsten, who's doing the, the sound engineering today. Uh, I'm hoping that you guys will get involved with a podcast that I'm, I'm involved with called mm. Table Talk with Mark. It runs on a Friday from 9 o'clock till 11 o'clock. It's on DSTV, OpenServe. Mm. It's on Radio Pulpit and Radio K Pulpit and... It's live streamed and uh, on a couple of different places. So I'm super looking forward uh, to you guys joining us uh, on, uh, on, on Table Talk with Mark as well sometime soon. Sure. So, so Mark, tell us. Tell us about, about maybe just firstly who you are and just a bit about your family. Sure. Um, how long have you been married? Uh, how old are your kids? If you have any, um, <laughs> those like, fun you, things. You, you give, you're giving it all away. I've got nothing left to say. <laughs> like, he's supposed to introduce himself, Joe. <laughs> what is he going to say now? <laughs> so I'm the husband of one wife. Uh, my wife's name is Liesl. I've been married to her for sure. Okay. <laughs> that was a trap. You should have given it. <laughs> I'm going to go with 21 years. It might be less. It might be more. In fact, I'm fairly certain it's not less. It might be more. Um, yeah, so husband of Liesl. I am the father of three children. Uh, my oldest is Caitlin. She's 18. Uh, Catherine is my second. She is 16. And my youngest is Thomas. He is eight, going on nine. That's mm. very important. He's like eight and a half. <laughs> or actually, he might be nine, but <laughs> oh, I'm so bad when it comes to dates and, the, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, husband of one wife, father of three children, mm. and uh, pastor here at Central Baptist Church. Um, so. I've been pastoring now for 11 years. This would be my, my 12th year of service sure. to the king. 
Sure, praise the Lord. In this role, yeah. As a pastor. Now, now on that note, um, since we're already talking about um, just you being a pastor, you mind sharing with us just a bit of your spiritual pilgrimage? Um, when did you come to know the Lord? Um, uh, when was the, what happened when, you, uh, when the Lord saved you and He brought your dead heart to life? Um, and then, yeah, where, where are you now? I, mean, I, love, I love the theology going on in the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, bottom, bottom line is uh, I was born into a Christian home, as many mm. people are. Um, my father is a pastor. Uh, he is uh, in an Anglican church. Mm. Uh, I would call him an evangelical Anglican. Loves sure. Jesus, loves mm. the gospel, um, loves God's word. And uh, between him and my mom, they were faithful, godly parents who uh, tried to install the gospel message into me. I mm. hated God. Sure. I hated my dad. I hated the church. Mm. And at every opportunity I had to rebel, I did. Um, sure. Not so much as a young child, but certainly as I hit my teenage years. And then uh, as I entered into my early adult, I was as far as away from God as I could possibly put myself um, and uh, whilst I am convinced God spared me from uh, sin and from certain consequences that sin so often brings, uh, the truth is uh, I, I did not have a love for the things of God. Mm. And then uh, in my early 20s, um, eventually my father ha- came to me and said that I disqualified him from ministry. Oh. And he was planning on stepping down. It led to a massive argument. I got in a car, came up to Johannesburg to make a life for myself up here, out of my parents' domain and away from them. And uh, God was very gracious to me. I started a a, a career in IT, Mm. and that flourished, and I was able to take care of my basic needs. Um, Soon my girlfriend from Port Elizabeth moved up to Johannesburg, and we were living together. Um, But she was Afrikaans, and (laughs) uh, in her own words, it doesn't matter what you believe, Afrikaans people go to church. And so she literally dragged me from church to church. And I mean, I've I've said my, my... my testimony many times, hmm. and um, <laughs> I've used the the number fourteen in terms of the churches that uh, roughly about fourteen visits to churches, hmm. and I just I just wasn't having any of it. I, I just saw it as a bunch of hypocrites getting together to profess things that they didn't really believe, sure. um, and I was done. And uh, in that done state, she begged if I'd go to one last church. It was a little independent church down the road uh, called Midrand Chapel. Uh, I still remember saying to her, uh, independent church, it's going to be a cult. It's going to be as bad as all the other weeks. <laughs> but we went to this church, and the pastor opened his Bible, read from his Bible, clearly believed what he read, mm. um, and he just preached preached what was there. And what was there was the sovereignty of God. Mm. And yo. I believed. I mm. believed God was sovereign. I believed I was a sinner. Um, I sat in that church and I wept like a wow. like a fearful sinner that I knew I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my weeping turned to joy. I mean, it was a church of like 20 people, 25 people oh, that wow. were gathered. I must have looked so crazy. There was no hiding. Uh, uh, yeah, there was no hiding. And it, and it wasn't a particularly evangelistic, you know, over-the-top sermon or anything. Mm. I just... I just believed. Uh, sure. my, my heart was drawn. And um, I remembered my mother had shared the gospel with me many times. I knew I was a sinner in that moment. Mm. And I knew that I must repent, that I must run to the cross, that Jesus died for my sins, that he rose in victory from the grave. I cast myself, uh, my life upon Jesus Christ in that moment. And I was saved. And 
everything started to change. I, that's the bottom line. <laughs> everything started to change. Mm. Um, two weeks later, missionaries invited us over to their house and um, they opened the Bible, asked us if we were believers. We said, yes, you know, new saints, just put our faith mm-hmm. and trust in Christ. They took us to 1 Corinthians 6 and read a list of sins. And Paul says, as were some of you, and they said, do any of the sins in that list uh, resonate with you? And Liesl immediately said, yeah, we, we're leaving, we, we're leaving together. <laughs> we're living together. Sure. And, um, and they said, well, um, you know, the apostle Paul is quite clear. You need to turn from sexual immorality. How are you going to do that? And, uh, by the end of the evening, the decision was made that, uh, Liesl would move in with them. And, uh, we oh, were wow. married a few months later. And, and from then on, just, Faith absolutely grabbed hold of our our hearts, sure. and our lives started to conform to what we were seeing in God's word. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, slow process of sanctification. God's still doing a work mm. in my life, but mm. praise the Lord, praise it's the a Lord. it's a process that has started, and it's a process where we see growth. And uh, yeah, I'm looking mm. forward to heaven's glories when mm. it's perfectly fulfilled. Yeah. Um, but yeah. until then, I, I'm so glad yeah. that He. That he works in my heart mm. and works in sure. our lives. Mm. Um, yeah, sure. uh, about well, 10 years after that, um, uh, we've really felt the call of God into ministry. I'd been kind of pursuing the things of God mm. for about five years uh, earnestly mm. in terms of a desire to serve as an elder. And uh, yeah, about 10 years into our Christian walk, Liesl said that she could see it too. Mm. And uh and then it was almost an instant process uh, as God put us into Crystal Park mm. Baptist Church. Mm. That's awesome. How how long were you at Crystal Park for? Uh, I was in my eleventh year of service sure. at Crystal Park. Yeah. yeah, I joined it when it was a small church. Um, mm. You know, the the first Sunday when we went there, um, to say it was small as. <laughs> I mean that's a great description of it. It was it was five saints that loved mm. Jesus that were gathering, um, I, I guess in many ways uh, slightly um, depressed in 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 the way that it felt, um, but they loved Jesus. They really, really, truly mm. loved Jesus. Um, a number of those uh, saints are still at the church. I think particularly of Auntie Molly and Auntie Machi, mm. uh, dear saints, godly praying uh, women. Uh, who were with me the whole way through the mm. 11 years. And then over that period, we just saw God, I mean, grow the church, oh. <laughs> you know, numerically and in terms of debt. Mm. Uh, when we left, um, you know, post-COVID, um, even post-COVID, uh, you know, uh, two services, um, well over 100 people. Just before COVID, uh, we had just reached 200 on a Sunday, mm. uh, five elders, uh, five godly leaders, uh, although over that period we'd seen God actually raise up a number more than that, mm. uh, who we were able to send out to other works. So mm. Gideon and Penny to Florida Baptist Church and uh, Charles Farrell to a, a mission school in Taiwan. Uh, yeah, we'd really wow. seen God move in the life of the church. Praise yeah. sure. oh, the Lord for that. Now, I mean, struck me in your testimony, just your parents. I mean, just seeing you want nothing to do with God and um, I mean, you practically ran away from home uh, while you left and coming to Joburg um, and then hearing you become a believer. Do you remember um, their response to, to that news? Oh, man. You know, my dad has often told me that um, toward the end of my teen years and in the beginning of my 20s, my mother's tears would, would literally wet her pillow, would wet sure. her bed, you know, as she, mm. as she prayed for me. 
um, I was a really horrible little boy, mm. a really horrible son. Um, and then, of course, just the joy of um, when we phoned and said that we had put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ mm. as our Lord and our Savior. In fact, as as I was giving my life to the Lord um, on that day, next to me, Liesl was going through the same process um, and 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 while her testimony is her own and it might have started earlier or taken a slightly different track, uh, the bottom line is our parents were very, very grateful mm. uh, to the Lord for the work that he had done. Um, you know, looking forward to my induction, uh, my dad, uh, I mean, we're still in the process of moving to Pretoria and so uh, that should hopefully be signed and sealed by the end of uh, February. We've, we have a house and, mm. and are hoping to be here as soon as possible. Um, but my parents said they can't wait for us to have a house and for them to have a room. <laughs> yeah. They're flying up for the induction. You know, they they sure. want to be there to celebrate that they were there at, uh, when I was inducted at Midland Chapel as an elder. They were there when I was inducted at uh, at uh, Crystal Park Baptist Church. Oh, uh, they they the part they have partnered over all of that time uh, with mm. our ministry, and uh, we're very grateful for them. Yeah. Sure, praise the Lord. I mean, it's very difficult. You know, we see a lot of families in the church who have, you know, children who want nothing to do with the Lord mm-hmm. and it's like two two godly parents who have who right. have done everything that they really can. Yes. Um and I mean I don't know, for me mm. it's like just a clear indication that salvation really is a work mm. of God. It's yeah. it's yeah. not as uh, as mechanical Absolutely. as we think it is. I'm just gonna yeah. say this and you're gonna believe it's yeah. it's God Sovereign. in his time, yeah. you know, um calls home whom he calls well calls into the fold whom mm, he decides to geez. call into the fold and um sometimes that long wait is sanctifying for parents as well because yeah, they go sure. through that the fears and the doubts and uh, i mean mark says he was out of hand and i mean i've seen kids who i mean they almost die yeah and the parents mm. are just like i mean if you died today he was going to hell and just that mm. that thought realization yeah it's just it just shakes them mm. maybe an encouragement to parents that have young children is to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord mm. uh, an encouragement to moms i, mm. I think of is it uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 where it talks about mm. uh, 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 women having this great opportunity as they nurture their children mm. and are involved in their salvation um share the gospel with your children and then trust them to the lord and mm. and pray for them mm. uh, there comes a time when your adult children must, by God's design yeah. and to his own glory, mm. make decisions mm. and, uh, and entrust, entrust yeah. them to a good God mm. uh, who is sovereign over salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Also he's, just and he's long-suffering mm. <laughs> in my case, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> like merciful yeah. and patient, mm. like sure. praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're saying to uh, parents that have young children, uh, and I would also add to that uh, to start them, you know, small young you know keep sharing the gospel you know from early days and and keep teaching uh, the scriptures from early days you know um i i started doing catechism with levi even though (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. that's excellent Um, i i i found in brazil you know i tried to find the 1689 uh spurgeon but i couldn't, but I found the Westminster Shorter Catechism in in Portuguese, which is great. Oh, wow. uh, so I've been reading the same question 
uh, not to Levi, along with the bar in the evenings. Um, and he gets one word of it, <laughs> but there's one word. That, but uh, just just to encourage parents, you know, uh, don't don't wait. You know, there is so many voices in the world that yeah. as they go to school and and all of that, that are teaching them other stuff. So yeah. parents, you you need to influence your children as early as possible. Also, Isaac, not mm. to lose the opportunity, but in the event that there is a child listening to this who mm. hasn't yet placed their faith and their mm. trust in Jesus Christ as mm. their Lord and their Savior, you mm. are commanded to. The mm. times of ignorance ha- have passed. Mm. Now all men are commanded to believe mm. upon Jesus Christ. He is King of kings and Lord mm. of lords and Amen. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father but through him Amen. do not delay put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ Amen. this day yeah. Amen. Yeah. also an encouragement to parents with older kids pray for them mm. pray faithfully that the Lord would save them mm. pray faithfully that the seed that you planted in, in their years when they were under your roof pray mm. that God would use that seed and, and germinate it into fruit of mm. salvation so pray 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 don't lose hope don't give up mm. this the Lord is at work in his time. So pray, pray to the Lord of the harvest that uh, he would bring your children to him. Yeah. Now we were sidetracked. We were sidetracked. <laughs> we we, we pastors. <laughs> we, we, can't, we can't avoid it. We just. <laughs> right, back to Mark. This episode is about Mark, the new pastor at Central. So let's go back to, to, to Mark. So, Mark, maybe let's chat a little bit about theological training. Yes. Um, specifically because maybe you want to share it. Uh, have you been trained theologically? Yes. So l- let me say, anything that, that follows after this point in no way takes away from what I believe uh, is a normative way that men are to be trained for ministry. I, I really do believe that uh, when it comes to your pastor, you, you want pastors who know God's word, yeah. love God's word, and have been trained in God's word. In actual fact, I mean, when we think of Paul's words to Timothy, train godly men who will mm-hmm. in turn train others. Um, uh, you have generations of, of this idea of men who are trained. Um, elders of church need to be able to defend yeah. uh, the truths, uh, the deep truths of the faith and teach, um, uh, including deacons, need to be able to defend the truth of the faith. And so um, I I do believe that the normative way, the normative route that most men will take uh, into the pastorate uh, will be through theological education. And normally that will be through a seminary education where one has been able to devote time and energy and space to theological education. Now, that's not the route that I took Sorry, into the pastorate. Yeah. Do you want to plug any of those institutes? I do. Yes, I do. Definitely. So <laughs> let, let, let me let me let me start. Let me plug four. Okay. Sure. Um, let, let me say that uh, Central. On, uh, in terms of our budget supports the Baptist Theological College mm. uh, I know that many people at Central have gone to the Baptist Theological College Carsten sitting across the table from me right now uh, is studying at the Baptist Theological College mm. and I've, I've also done some studies through the Baptist Theological College that would be a, a, a starting point of discussion. Let me also say that Makanyo Theological College does distance learning. Mm. Uh, they hold to one of the three reform statements of belief, so either the 1689 which is the Reformed Baptist Statement or the Westminster Confession, which is the uh, the Presbyterian Church. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, or one of the uh, um, sister churches, uh, the Reformed churches, so like the Heidelberg Confession and the Canons of Dort. Um, they're, they're a good 
uh, distance education for folk that are wanting to study kind of um, uh, in their own time. Uh, and and then an excellent academic institution, uh, Ruben uh, van Rensburg, mm. uh, was uh, connected to SATS, which is the South African Theological uh, Seminary. Um, I've, I've met many good godly men that have uh, graduated from there, including the new pastor of Crystal Park Baptist Church, uh, who is a SATS mm. graduate and is currently doing his master's either through SATS or through POTCH, but but came out of the SATS system. Sure. Um, and then the fourth area, w- which is very close to my heart because I've been associated with many men in terms of sending them uh, to Christ Seminary, which is in Polokwane, mm. uh, which is another great mechanism for training where you have 10 days on and 20 days off, which mm. allows you either to to work while you study or allows you to pastor while you study uh, either way. And I would, I would commend any of those four institutions to anyone who's listening. Sure. I didn't get to, to really follow that track. What happened to me was um, in my fifth year of being saved, I've been now listening to five years of sermons. I've been attending Bible study twice a week for five years. I love the things of God, and I'm growing um, in my faith. But I'm sitting in a sermon, and uh, the sermon is through John chapter 7. And you get to John chapter 7, verse 58, to John chapter 8, verse 11. Uh, it's a section, it's a passage called the Textus Adulteress, um, which is the woman who's been caught in adultery. Mm. And uh, it was in block, uh, what's it, kind of um, uh, block, uh, uh, not a telis, uh, not a telicize, but uh, there was a cursor around mm. it. And there was a little asterisk, and it said at the bottom of my, <laughs> at the bottom of my Bible in the footnotes, the oldest and best manuscripts don't contain this text. Well, that created a crisis of faith for me. It really did. Um, up until that point, um, I was listening to God's word. Uh, on a Sunday and believing it and then acting on it. I was listening to God's word during Bible studies uh, in the week and believing it and acting on it. And now all of a sudden there was a passage of scripture which said, you know, maybe your Bible doesn't contain a couple of really key verses. Sure. And, you know, upon a little bit more investigation, I discovered Mark chapter 16, mm-hmm. uh, another key passage in the book of John. And uh, it really created a struggle for me in terms of can I trust my Bible? And so I committed to um, – and this is, this is odd – um, and, you know, praise the Lord for giving us some odd idiosyncrasies. But I thought the best way to resolve this would be to learn how to read and write Greek so that I could go back and read the original manuscripts. Oh, wow. um, well, during the process of uh, of learning alphabet and then learning words and building vocab and learning parsing and some other tools that you need for original languages, um, I I started to engage with systematic theologies to answer some of the questions which I had around God's word. And and as I was learning original languages, I I developed a passion for systematics and started to to stay up as late as I could at night, kind of beat my body into submission so I could start reading (laughs) systematics. And, and you know, I, I guess at the time the pastor was Chris Woolley. If you've got somebody in your church who's teaching themselves how to read original languages and uh, who keeps on asking you for the next systematic because they've just finished reading oh, wow. the one that he gave you, yeah. uh, you, you start to go, okay, maybe this guy's interested, you know, <laughs> like, like, like more than most. And uh, yeah, it, it, it created opportunities to, to begin uh, teaching 
uh, in Bible studies and uh, God's people uh, recognized a, a gift or a, an ability uh, in my life in terms of a teaching ministry. Mm. Uh, I, I started to study as, as much as I could. I joined the, the, I think it was called the Grace School of Ministry, not in Pretoria, but uh, with uh, Will Tate um, in Johannesburg for a period of time. I, I joined with Santon Bible Church. They had a CMI um, a, a training course uh, for a period of time, and I pursued the things of God as far as I could. I, I, I finished uh, courses in homiletics, you know, how to how to deliver God's word, hermeneutics, how to read God's word, church history, and system, and synoptic gospels, and and I just kept on consuming. I kept on reading. I kept on building a, a library. And all the while, I kept on working um, and, and never found a conflict in those. Um, but I, at some point in time, I really desired to serve as an elder in the church and, uh, and pursued that in the church uh, after a number of years, um, affirmed that call, and, uh, and I served as an elder at Midrand Chapel. And uh, as, as I continue to grow in my knowledge, uh, continue to pursue uh, studying. I finished a, a first year certificate at BTC as part of that, just as part of that process of knowledge acquisition. Mm. Um, as I continued that process, um, I felt called into full time ministry. And um, and and Midrand Chapel um, uh, was willing to affirm that calling, and so gave me freedom to approach the Baptist Union and say, "Guys, I feel called into full time ministry. If you have a church of no people, because I didn't want to go and and break something that was already working, I said, if you have a church of no people, I'm a guy that would be sent as a missionary of a local church, and." Uh, I sent an email in to the missions coordinator of the Baptist Union, and 20 minutes later, in God's providence, they received an email from Crystal Park Baptist Church saying, we're a church and no people, we're going to shut down. We can't afford to pay water and lights. Um, How do we go about this process? And he connected them, sent me a response. Um, Yeah, I can remember Liesl was so nervous at that stage. Uh, It had taken her five years to say, yes, Mark, Let's 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 mm. take the step, mm. and I had kind of sold it on the back of it'll probably take us five years to find a church. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, she was like, "There's a church," and there were tears. It was it was a Wednesday. It was tw- twenty past twelve because I sent the email into the Baptist Union at twelve o'clock. Sure. At twenty past twelve, we get this email back, and it's a and it's a confirmation of a call, or not of a call of of an available church. Um, and so what happened was, I said to her, "Don't worry, babes. Uh, it was twenty ten. Um, the the housing market had crashed. We were staying on a massive plot in Rankies Fontaine. We had we had horse stables and we had paddocks and oh, you know wow. like staff on property. And it was just I, I just said it's going to take us years to sell this house. But let me just phone Remax and and find out how this works. And so we phoned Remax and the guy at Remax said, Well, it just so happens I'm showing a house down the road from your place. Can I come around this evening um, and take a look and we can sign mandates and stuff? And I said, Oh, that's cool. Um, and at five o'clock he phoned me and he said, hey, Mark, look, um, I've shown this house to, to a, buyer, a potential buyer. They don't like it. Can I bring them along um, with just to check your place out while we sign the mandate? I said, yeah, no, no problem. Well, at 7 o'clock that night, we had a signed offer to purchase for more than our asking Yo, price. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah, 12, wow. 12, 12 o'clock, Liesl said, okay, you can, <laughs> you can pursue ministry, take five years. <laughs> 7 o'clock that night, game over. Oh, Ev- 
everything's wow. done, signed, sealed, and delivered. Wow. We hadn't even been to Crystal Park yet to check wow. Crystal Park out. We'd already sold our house. It was oh, it wow. was a done deal. <laughs> oh, we we wow. only we only went to Crystal Park on the Saturday um, and sure. met the previous pastor for the first time and and arrived on the Sunday. <laughs> That's yeah. a crazy story. Praise the Lord for His providence. Yeah, yeah, blows my mind. I'm still stuck on stables. Brother, have I told you how I ended up at uh, at Central? I mean, it's it's also it's a crazy story. Yeah, um, so I meet with Etienne. He's a fellow elder. Um, I sometimes say Monday, but I, but I actually think my day off was a Monday. So it's more likely that it was a Tuesday. No, it was a Monday that week. Uh, we meet on a Monday early in the morning. Uh, we, we pray together. We talk about the church. Etienne says to me, hey, Mark, um, I feel called into full-time ministry. Now, Etienne served as a full-time pastor, godly man, excellent man. Uh, he came to more reformed convictions of faith. Um, and uh, over a period of time, uh, realized that he needed to leave the pastorate that he was in uh, and came to Crystal Park first as a member, then we recognized him as an elder. And now it's like multiple years later, and he says on this Monday morning, I feel called back into full-time ministry. So we, so, we, so we say, okay, well, let's just pray right now. And we prayed and we said, let's set aside the rest of the day. Let's just talk about it. And we start to talk. And as we talk, we, we're talking about him. We're talking about his family. We're talking about me. We're talking about my calling to Crystal Park. And we're talking about Crystal Park itself. We get to the end of the day, and it's our conviction that my role at Crystal Park is done, that the church is, is established, that God has blessed it, that it's got, it's got stable ministries, stable membership, and excellent leaders, and that my role is done. And so um, we make the decision that I'm more likely to leave and mm-hmm. he would come in as pastor. Um, but we agree, look, let's go away and let's talk to our wives about it. We'll come back tomorrow morning and uh, and we'll pray about it overnight. So I go home, I talk to Liesl, um, and she says yes. Oh, wow. uh, he goes home, he talks to his wife, Leanne, and she says yes. So the next morning uh, I phone him up and he says, Mark, Leanne says, says this mm. this this could be the lord's guidance and mm. um and um I say well Liesl said the same so we say okay let let's find the rest of the team so the rest of the team is Warren Scott Craig Daidu and Richard Raphael and Teppo Pitzel so mm. we find each one of those men and we say guys this is this is kind of what the the discussion that Etienne and I've had so with each man I spent about an hour on the phone with them explaining to them exactly why I believe my call is finished at Crystal Park mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. Etienne is more likely to come into Crystal Park and 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 it and it could be the spirit's will that that I move on and uh, I speak to them and I say you know men this is like a this is a big thing so let's not make a rush decision uh, would you go away and speak to your wives about this and uh, and and then you know let's uh, let's see what the lord's will is uh, let's see what the spirit is 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 moving our hearts to well that evening uh, warren calls an emergency elders meeting and we we gather together and our wives come and we go around the table and everyone's it's mark's mark's role here is done and uh, and yes, it looks like it, like God has raised up Etienne for this time, and that a handover should happen. I mean, that's like scary stuff. Yeah. The next day, I get a call from Charles. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow! It's like praise the Lord for His provision. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's oh. that's. I mean, obviously, there was then a, a, a long, or well, not a long process, but there was a process mm. on on Central side, and mm. there was a process on Crystal Park side. Um, but but 
but really, if I if I had to think of the way that God has worked, um, sure. both in bringing me to Crystal Park and bringing me here to Central, like I'm really grateful. I, I mean, yeah. everybody would love burning bushes, but short of burning bushes, <laughs> <laughs> those are the kinds of uh, affirmations yeah. that, that that kind of set your heart at yeah. ease. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, so Mark, you've um, you know you've come to Central, and it's a different setting. You know, it's uh, one church, two campus. Uh, three different services and um, what have been some of like the excitement or some of the uh, even challenges uh, in terms of adapting or first impressions tell us a bit about uh, that yeah well let me just say on first impressions um I, I think I'm probably in a honeymoon period at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So like, like everything's good, you know. Like, like we haven't had any kind of spats or fights, and just enjoying one another's company. Um, but, but I would say, let me just start off by saying that the members of Crystal Park are in uh, Crystal Park of Central. <laughs> I'm sure oh. Crystal oh. Park as well. Some, so, yeah, there you go. Um, the members of Central are just so warm and welcoming. Um, I, I can't tell you how many people have invited us over to their homes, how many times, because I, I'm currently commuting from Benoni to right. Pretoria uh, each day so that I can drop my daughter off at school and so that I can be here in the city for the day. Um, but uh, how many people have offered accommodation, temporary accommodation? Um, yeah, just the members of Central mm. are, are quite unique and mm. amazing. Um, the the other thing which has been great is uh, I knew that we had shared philosophies of ministry between Crystal Park and Central, and um, because I'd made careful inquiry, I've known Charles for years. Uh, I mm-hmm. even before I went to Crystal Park Baptist Church, I'd started to listen to his sermons and I'd reached out to him, and so I've been speaking to him for years. I knew that we were on the same page in terms mm-hmm. of what church ought to look like and how mm-hmm. church ought to operate, and uh, I, I knew that the big the big brush strokes uh, were the same. But but now that I'm here, I now know that I know that they're the same. <laughs> and that's like super cool. Like when you yeah. see um, just the way that things work, there, there is so much likeness. Um, I don't mm. feel like I'm I'm coming to a church where where uh, I'm, I'm called to come in and change anything. I'm, I'm called to come in and partner with what's happening. And, and that's mm. been a great affirmation. Yeah. Let me just also say um, I, I have really enjoyed uh, engaging with the other pastors, the other elders, the other interns. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, qu- quite a remarkable team that uh, has been put together here. Um, and that's right from, you know, the younger interns, just their vibrancy and their, <laughs> uh, their excellence. I mean, what blessings they are to Central, um, to, to the elders who I have so enjoyed, uh, their wisdom and the way that they filled me in in terms of the people that they've been serving for many years. Uh, and then the pastoral staff. I, I mean, there's just a, there's a real sense of unity and energy amongst them. Um, I've, been, I've been loving that. So that, that would be a third thing. Um, and then, and then, fourthly, um, you know, to be honest, it, it's a bigger canvas to paint on. Mm. So, Crystal Park had had uh, had, uh, by God's grace, grown substantially uh, over the eleven years that I was there. Um, it's lovely coming into Central, and you know, having 
three services that mm. are the same size as, as Crystal Park and just also seeing the potential for ongoing growth and mm, vibrancy sure. in the community. Mm. And by growth, again, I don't just mean numeric, but I do mean numeric. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. The, you know, the city is so big and mm. the need is so great right. um, for us to to be a light set on the hill whose who's light can – a city mm. set on the hill whose light cannot be hid. Um, I get excited about what God yeah. might be doing um, in this uh, – in this church, uh, in terms of calling a city to faith, um, but I'm also excited about you know the potential for growing together mm. uh, in our understanding and our love for Jesus and mm. in ministry. And so I, I would say all of those is like yeah. massive positives. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of some of the challenges, um, I, I have I've certainly over the last month um, had a couple of days where I just feel overwhelmed sure. by the size of the work here. Um, mm-hmm. And by the smallness of myself, you know, <laughs> I just uh, it, it, it is. There are so many moving parts at right. Central. I, I don't right. know. Uh, I don't even know how to convey that to yeah. folk that are listening. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. how much is going on right. in this local church, mm-hmm. um, and it's not just moving parts in terms of the mechanics of what makes a church move. Uh, it's also people. There's so right. much mm-hmm. relational. Reality, you know, mm. like 130 years of relationships uh, sure. in this local body, sure. um, and I come and I'm brand new, you know, I'm brand new, <laughs> yeah. and I need to yeah. and I need to relate to mm. and pastor people that have been here for like 60, 70, mm. 80 years. Um, mm. Well, well, that that's really challenging, sure. and I've sure. I've felt overwhelmed on uh, like really overwhelmed. Like phone your dad and say, <laughs> Dad, like what did you? Because my dad served in a very large church, and like sure. you know, like Dad, help me out here. I don't know. What are, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, sure. is it too late to phone Crystal Park and <laughs> and go back? And by the way, it is too late. Our house is sold. <laughs> Pretoria, yeah, come the penis. Yeah. Um, but but just like a, a, a genuine a genuine anxiety, and and mm. yet at the same time. Um, you know, Philippians talks about the peace of the Lord, which surpasses mm, all yeah. understanding. Mm. Well, I, I do have the mm. great joy of praying to Jesus Christ, mm. of recognizing that this is his church, mm. not Mark's church mm. or Jabu or Isaac mm. or Charles's church. It's mm. Jesus's church mm. that actually I'm not even responsible for building her. Jesus mm. will sure. do that. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and, sure. and, uh, yeah. Uh, and so it's been a great opportunity to entrust myself to the mm. care of, uh, mm. of our Lord and Savior. Right. That's sorry. Go for it, bro. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've 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 really been challenged and encouraged by how God is God is able to. I mean, when when you're in a position as a pastor, and a lot of people almost see you as. I mean, yes, we're finite beings, but it's almost like you know everything. <laughs> um, you can do everything. Yeah. Um, you know. Just because, like, the role that we play as a shepherd, you know, almost yeah. like the way a child looks at a dad. It's like, no, my dad is a hero. My dad is stronger than your dad. No, my daddy can beat your daddy. It's it's almost that idea mm. of you know the the this father figure person is almost like invincible. And then you and then you 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 sitting on your bed at night and just mm. thinking, Lord, if if you don't work, yeah. This yep. nothing happens, nothing yeah. moves, brother. It's <laughs> one o'clock now. I'm guessing, or around one o'clock while we record. It's mm. a little bit later, um, but I was at my, I was in a, in my study mm. just just half an hour before the show, praying, sure. um, 
and just like overwhelmed with this reality that mm. if God doesn't move mm. in the lives of men, if God yeah. doesn't move in the situations and the circumstances mm. which we have to pastor, like we're unable to, I mean, we can open God's word and mm. we can put God's word on display again and again and again. Mm. But please, Lord Jesus, mm. do the work mm. that only you can do. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Sure. Yeah. And just to say also from from our side, it's just been wonderful to, uh, yeah, to have you, Mark, to, I think um, you have such a great energy. I mean, it's just like, you know, um, it is contagious. So it, <laughs> it is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you're so driven and it's it's been really exciting. And, and everyone, you know, not just that. As everyone says, you know, there's a buzz, mm. uh, you know, and we're all really excited. I, and I, I, I get the overwhelming, you know. I, when I came from BE, you know, it was like when I moved to BE, it was in one month, two months, I felt like, okay, no, I, I understand it. But the complexity of Central is just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> three, four months down the line, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you, know, you know, so um, but you'll get there. But it's just been such a joy to, um, yeah, just to hear uh, your heart and and hear your ideas and and just uh, also encourage us and and just to say as well, yeah, we had a leadership meeting on on Saturday and it was abundantly clear that everyone thinks you're perfect so you need to keep <laughs> you need to keep that for as long as possible hey brother only God's perfect uh, uh, we are in a honeymoon phase and people yeah, are going to learn right. my shortcomings very very soon um, but in terms of that overwhelm mm. I mean the first week that I was here, right, um, one of the pastors was in Brazil. Um, <laughs> another, another pastor was on a bit of leave. Um, but Carsten was here. And Carsten uh, took me on a guided tour around the campus. And it was staggering just being in Arcadia. I then went mm. across uh, and met with Bradley at the hill. Um, but it was just staggering as he opened up. I mean, I said, please open every room. I want to see, I want to see every space. I mm. want to get an idea of what's in it and why mm. it's there and, and how it gets utilized. Um, it was incredible as we went through room after room after room and space after space mm. after space. And just my, my, my vision of, <laughs> of how big this work is, sure, uh, just yeah. like grew and grew and grew. And then in, in relation to the energy and the buzz, like mm. arriving at Central, uh, I mean, just really good timing as well. Mm. Um, mm. In, that, in that there is a sense that whilst COVID might be with us for the rest of our lifetime, who knows how pandemics end, mm-hmm. um, there is a sense with Omnicrom that, uh, you know, like uh, the, the, the infection rate might mm. be way up, but uh, certainly – uh, it's not having the same kinds of effects that it's mm, had in previous mm. ways. And there's like a return to church yeah, um, yeah. By, by, with lots of people, and that comes with an energy. So I, I arrive at a time mm. where I can feel mm. the excitement within right. the church. Yeah. Uh, and like I'm so joyful to be at mm. this place right now because mm. I, because not only can I see folk that maybe haven't been to church for a while, maybe they've been watching online, maybe they've been struggling, not only am I seeing you know people returning to church, but I'm also seeing a lot of people who are spiritually hungry coming mm. to Arcadia and to Central, maybe for the first time. Yeah. And uh, what an opportunity that we as a church have 
to present the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ mm. to them in this time, in this sure. time of darkness, in this time of world history, where the world seems to be running after evil and dark things. Sure. That, that right now, we are being given this great opportunity uh, to present the glorious gospel of Christ. And, mm. um, you know, I just heard the numbers uh, in terms of attendance at the Hill this past mm. Sunday, and the numbers in terms of attendance at Arcadia this mm. Sunday. You know, the chapel is open, and mm. you know, pretty soon we're going to have to open the doors to that, <laughs> to to that, hall. To that hall just to, just to fit everyone yeah. in. Like, praise the Lord. Yeah, man. You, know, yeah. you can hear it in the singing, you can hear it in everything. And so, um, yeah, I think that that buzz is, is more than just the uh, just that, that right. I'm here. Um, mm. It's not something which is being created. It's mm. something which is actually yet. Yeah, God is God is doing a work. Mm. Praise the Lord. Sure. Absolutely. Now, now we we have to bring this to a close. Um, but uh, maybe advice to another pastor who may be um, starting at a at a new church. Um, what 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 advice would you give to uh, pastors who've just accepted a call to a new church, starting in fresh? Um, maybe moving from a, a different church, going to another church, um, just from the things that you are quickly catching on to. Because, I mean, yes. as you've said, it's only been a month. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give? Well, I guess borrowing from previous experience at, at uh, I nearly said at Central, at uh, Crystal Park and, and, and current experience now, I would say this. Make sure, Pastor, that you make the main thing the main thing. Mm. Um, so your initial starting up energies and efforts and time need to be spent around the preaching of God's word and prayer. Um, and so um, certainly I've been learning um, prayer from Central. Uh, the focus of prayer in this church is quite extraordinary. Mm. Um, so encouraging. I, I'm learning how to pray uh, and, and learning how to pray corporately as I observe uh, the various different prayer ministries that are happening in and around Central. Uh, they've been very encouraging to my heart. And so I would say to a new pastor make the main thing the main thing and then after you've made the main thing the main thing make it the main thing um you know church is not actually complex it's not a thousand programs that are running um church is really teaching and fellowship and evangelism and worship mm. and make sure that you pay attention to each one of those of those elements of a healthy church, uh, marks of a healthy church, that you are paying attention to the teaching, that's the pulpit ministry, that's the midweek Bible study ministry, to worship, that's the Sunday service, and then worship as a lifestyle, um, to fellowship, that's uh, the one another's. There's 54 mm. one another's in the New Testament. I think it's 54 one another's in the New Testament. We need, to be, we need to be stoking our people to love one another, care for one another, carry one another's burdens, pray for one another, exhort one another, etc., etc. And then evangelism, you know, whether that be local, whether that be our Jerusalem, our Samaria, or our ends of the earth, uh, this is the main thing. Mm. And there's nothing more than that. And we, we aren't to chase after things which Christ wouldn't have us chase after. He loved his church. He bled and he died for her. Um, she is so important to him. Um, and we can take our vision and our mandate, um, even our model and our mechanisms from his word. He's laid out the sure. blueprint. It's it's easy to read and it's available to us. Amen. Sure. I mean, I had one last question. Isaac, can I sneak it in? Man? Go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's like totally unrelated. So we can wrap up with this one. I mean, it really kind of is. So, I mean, I'm I'm on Twitter quite, quite a lot. Um, well, for two reasons. One, to keep my finger on the pulse. 
um, and two to catch up on all the evangelical wars, wars that happen <laughs> amongst. The that is so true. <laughs> don't find it anywhere else. Well, it's a bit it's on a bit on Facebook, but yeah, yeah. nothing was, compared nothing to Twitter. Compared. Exactly, because wow. Twitter yeah. is mainly words. Yeah. And Facebook, there's like gifs and all that funny. <laughs> can I can I just quickly just mention a meme I saw last week? Yeah, uh, it was uh, a reference to the screw tape letters, and it's like, oh, how do I make uh, um, how how do I make them fight? And then it's like the uh, uh, I forgot the name of the other the, the demon the other demon. As a kid, one job. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> no, no. But anyways, and he just says, "Create Twitter." <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, Twitter has uh, been crazy. Now, yeah. now, I mean, Mark's been here for for uh, four weeks, which is a month, and. I mean, I've already found myself going back to saying, oh, man, transubstantiation. transubstantiation. Oh, that's what it means. I feel like I'm going back to the textbook because mm. Mark uses a lot of jargon. He uses a lot <gasps> <Really>? of... Really? <laughs> it's not an indictment. Christianese. <laughs> yeah. It's not even Christianese. It's like proper theological jargon. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. words that... I mean, we don't we'll walk around talking about, hey, so uh, are you feeling sanctified today? <laughs> it feels like Mark sometimes throws some of those... And it's just like it's normal for him, I guess. <laughs> now... On, on on that note, on, on, on Twitter, I've also realized that there's a lot of, um, I guess it's ungodly, un, ungodly interaction that happens around um, theological heads. Um, and and I, I, guess, I guess my question is, so we're talking about the importance of studying theology. Mm. And what happens is uh, people who study theology, and unfortunately a lot of people in our camp, in the mm. reform camp, once once they start to grow and they, they, they grow in all these terms and caged Calvinists. And, and they get to the cage stage and and then they, they also um not only not only do they do they, you know, get caught up in the terms, but then they also now stand hard for their camps. Yeah. But then what also happens is people then don't like just the way that they are. Yes. Um, I've seen I've seen them hurt. They talk a lot about of, the gospel, the doctrines of grace, but don't exercise enough grace. Exactly, themselves. exactly. Yeah. So, so, so maybe even just as we close, um, I mean, seeing as I mean, you are definitely an example of somebody who who loves study, who loves to mm. read, uh, who has a lot of great knowledge um, that you've acquired along the mm. years. And um, what should your advice be to a young person or just a, a, a theologian, doesn't even have to be a pastor, mm. who's got all this knowledge, um, but that knowledge can be harmful. Yes. And also to the people who are skeptical of, look, I don't want to learn too much if I'm going to look like that guy. Because yeah. um, I remember... I mean, I, I wasn't always reformed, um, yeah. <laughs> but but when I <laughs> but when I transferred, um, what 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 happened was um, I just remembered that one of one of the highest praises that I have for our tribe yes. is our love for reading. Yes. Like we read a lot and also listen a lot to a lot of good uh, good preachers, faithful men who exposit the word of God well. Um, and I've seen myself grow in light of that. But then there's a nervousness as well to, no, I don't want to be that because then I'll be that monster on Twitter mm. that's just ready with all my theological jargon and I'm just going to clap people with these words <laughs> yeah. whenever they don't agree with me. Yeah. Just 
So uh, let, let me let me just give a, a book in case in case there is somebody out there that mm. recognizes that they might be a caged Calvinist uh, or, or has been told that they lack grace in the way that they're interacting. Last year I read a book by I think it was David Benj called Killing Calvinism, sure. which might be a really good read um, for a young uh, for a young man or woman who's come to the doctrines of grace. But then beyond that, let me just say these are three guiding principles which I hold to. So I wrote them down a year ago. Uh, a friend of mine reposted it yesterday. Oh, wow. um, and so and so it was fresh in my mind. I, I went and I just looked up the post. Number one, don't think too little of the believer sitting across from you. Mm. When you're engaging with a person who loves Jesus, has a credible testimony and loves his word, even if you disagree with his interpretation, recognize that that is a believer and, uh, and, mm. and that your, and that your, um, your intention should be to grow together toward Christ, growing your knowledge toward Christ. Number two, don't think too much of the man sitting on this side of the table, in other sure. words, of yourself. Um, I have I have often um, thought that I had a handle on an argument only after careful consideration or maybe loving um, care being shown that I, that I really didn't understand something. Also, it took me a while to get to where I am now. I mean, I've been a believer for 20 years. I've had 20 years of reading God's word mm. and concentrating on God's word and studying God's word and, and reading what other men say about God's word. Um, I, I mustn't judge um, the man on the other side of the table by where I am, but, but also consider the journey that I've come through. And then lastly, as we engage with other people, we must not take our eye off the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. So uh, consider the man on the other side of the table. Consider yourself and then and then always remember that your primary goal as a believer is to look to things above and not to earthly things, to look to the person of Jesus Christ. And if you're looking to Christ, you are going to see a man who, when he was dealing with Pharisees, dealt with them incredibly strongly. Sure. But when he was dealing with um, a Nicodemus or when he was dealing with a Samaritan woman at a well, dealt with them in loving ways to mm. help them to understand theological positions that were maybe out of their grasp at the time. And so as you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, you will see a Savior who's been loving to you, merciful to you, graceful to you, kind to you, long-suffering with you. Mm. And uh, the more that you look at Jesus, the more I think you would put those kinds of characteristics and qualities and virtues on display in terms of the way that you interact with others. I, I would say that those three principles are good, guiding principles as we interact with others. Sure. And, and I just uh, want to say, I really um, uh, have learned from Mark in terms of his interactions. Uh, we found out the other day we've been Facebook friends since 2012. Oh, wow. You know? And so, and, and I know, you know, I think Mark has been very gracious and, and you know, cool-headed when some of the other guys that comment on on his posts are not always <laughs> as gracious, you know. So, uh, yeah, much appreciated your your witnessing, even in in interacting with people that disagree and disagree firmly with you. Mark. Thanks, yeah. brother. That's, <laughs> yeah. in, that's encouraging. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Well, thanks, Mark, for joining us. Um, thanks as well to you, the listener, for listening in on this episode of the Theology Alive podcast. Next week, we go back to 
our statement of faith, uh, working through that. So please do join us for, I said next week, didn't I? In two weeks, we will be releasing. Well, our, it's a our new <laughs> year, but the blunders remain. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fine, bro. It wouldn't be tapped if, 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 if we didn't tap. have any Yeah, blunders. you're absolutely right. This, was a, this, this episode was too polished. It so does. Yeah, it, it, we needed one at Ma- least. Mark is messing us up. We need to go back. To <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That was a blunder that we needed. Um, but anyway, thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to yet another episode of the Theology Alive podcast. We trust that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. And uh, hopefully in the future we might have Pastor Mark uh, once again on a tap episode and just chatting through a specific topic next time. See you guys. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture, and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men. Our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men. Thank you for joining the Theology Alive podcast. Please subscribe and share. Later. Stop, yo. I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll go. What? I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up stage and watch a chump like a candy. Cool, guys. Did that work okay?